You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're helping you climb out of that book slump. Plus, an interview with author Sarah Benincasa that features the Cheesecake Factory menu. Hmm? But first... What are you reading, Mallory? Uh, I am reading a poetry collection called No Matter the Wreckage by Sarah Kay. I'm e-reading it. You'd be very proud Whoa, of me. That's so against type for you. Yes. Um, but it's really, really good. I recommend it. I, I'm reading it on the app Scribd on my phone. And I like it. What are you reading, Bria? Um, I am reading the new um, Jeff Vandermeer book. Born. Born. I just finished that. Oh, did you? Great. Oh, my God. I just literally started it last night. I'm, like, not very far. I feel like I just it. finished it last night. Oh, great. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. We just, like, tagged each yeah, other. Totally. <laughs> totally. If anybody, um, uh, Jeff Vandermeer wrote the Southern Reach trilogy, which oh, I read. Oh, so good. Uh, last year, two years, two years ago, and yeah. last year, I guess, came out, um, which they're making into a movie. Yes, it's coming out soon, I think, with Natalie Portman and Oscar Isaac. And it is, it's, it's, it's like if H.P. Lovecraft wrote an episode of the X-Files. Oh yeah, that's great. And Born is very, also very like uh bizarre. It's like, more, it's more like straight sci-fi. Born isn't scary. Yeah. Well, it's kind of scary because there's like a giant monster running around that it can kill people. A giant yeah. bear monster. I think I don't, I'm not scared by it because I love giant bears. Oh great. Okay. So even though it's trying to kill me, I'm like, oh, giant bear. I, I mean, so you'd recommend it for a sci-fi reader. Oh, absolutely. Great. Okay. I'm excited to get through it. You got any bookish news stories for us this week? I do have a book story. Um, there's a story that you sent me because <laughs> you have all the book alerts on your computer. Uh, yes. For this podcast, I have put every every synonym of book or reader into Google Alerts, and I am more every morning just inundated with book news, which is sometimes really good and sometimes very overwhelming. So this story is set in North Carolina. It's a news story about dogs coming and taking over a bookstore, rescue dogs, Coming to a bookstore and children read to them. That's basically the idea, right? Yes. It's for sh- it's great because it's shy kids who need to learn how to read. And how can you be shy when you're with a dog? And there's a lot of things like Unless this. Unless you're afraid they of use dogs. Dogs. And I love dogs. And <laughs> I love dogs. Um, love dogs. But, but, you, but for kids where they care, pair kids with dogs because dogs want to be talked to and hung out with. Hell yeah. And kids who need to learn to read also need to work on their reading skills. This is a great program. I've seen it other places, too. This one is particularly in Manteo, North Carolina, which I'm sure I'm pronouncing wrong. But um, there's tons of programs like this. Yeah, it's amazing. And you get to combine two things I love. Books and dogs. Yes. I wish there was a program for adults like this. But what's funny is that we don't need to work on our reading skills, but I just kind of want to read to some dogs. Oh, that would be amazing to just take a book. I mean, I volunteer at an animal shelter. I was going to say, Bria, just bring your. Because Bria t- volunteers at an animal shelter, so just bring some books I could. and read to the dogs. I, I could. What I do now is I just play with the dogs, which they probably prefer, but some dogs probably would prefer reading. If they're tired or old. Yeah, old dogs. Because right now, the old dogs, when I'm like, let's play, they're like, let's sit and you pet me. <laughs> and by play, you mean. You rub my belly and then I take a nap. Yeah. And this is a great, and because this is just a great program. I think this yeah. is amazing. It's a very feel good news story. I wonder if there's something like this in Los Angeles because I would like to be involved in this. We could start something. But I think it's also a good way to get, if you have a dog, yeah. get your kids to read to the dog. dog Absolutely. Is, dogs probably like it. Not so much cats. Cats don't care. <laughs> cats don't care about anything. Before we give you some ways to get out of a book slump, we're going to take a quick break. 
Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Dr. Sydney McElroy. Every week, we release a medical history podcast called Sawbones. We go over the history of the dumbest, grossest, weirdest stuff humans have been doing to each other since the dawn of mankind. But it's a funny show. But it's also so disgusting and stomach-turning, you won't believe it. But it's also, like, <laughs> funny. It's funny. It is the wildest, grossest, nastiest stuff you can imagine. It's a real hoot. It's called Sawbones, and we release it every week on iTunes, wherever podcasts are sold, and right here on MaximumFun.org. So this week, we're talking about some great ways to break out of your book slump. The dreaded book slump. Okay, so what is a book slump? Yes. My fiancé thought this was very funny and didn't <laughs> understand it. So do you want to explain what a book slump is? It's when you take your book out and it just is very floppy. It's <laughs> it flops just, around. It flops around. It's like a dead fish. No. So a book slump is basically, it's a very irritating period of time where you just can't seem to get into a book. You can't find anything interesting to read. You pick stuff up. Does it just you, you don't want to read? Nothing's interesting to you. Nothing's interesting. You're to you. maybe it's because you're reading too much. Yeah. Maybe you're stressed out and anything. Your mind just can't focus. That happens yeah. to me all the time. Where mm-hmm. I'm reading and all I can think about is all the things I need to do yeah. that are not reading. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you just read too many books that are not so good right in a row. Yeah, sometimes that happens. If I read two or three books in a row that aren't great, all of a sudden I'm like, do I really want to read? Maybe I want to watch Twin Peaks over and over again <laughs> instead, which is really how I spend a lot of my time. You just you just totally, uh, that's you in a nutshell, basically. That really is me in a nutshell. This <laughs> is going between those two things. But yeah, book slump, it's something that happens to all readers. It's a very irritating thing. But luckily, we've got a bunch of ways to help you get out of it, help you prevent it, and when you're in one, to, to stop it from happening. So how do you know you're in one? What are some ways we know that you you can identify if you're in a book slump? Uh, well, one the first way I can always tell is that I start a book and I, I put it down and I don't want to pick it up. You start books, you don't finish them. Things that normally excite you, maybe, you know, an author that you love has a book that's coming out and you don't actually, you all of a sudden you don't want to go get it. You're not excited to read it. Or, uh, you know, you love a series and the next book in the series is coming out and you're like, meh, uh, and you're like not excited by it. You so know? That's how you know. That's how you know. Yep. You're not in the mood to read but you are a big reader yes you walk by a bookstore and you keep walking like a crazy person (laughs) you don't stop (laughs) big red flags here you You don't stop you don't stop every foot like Mallory does (laughs) in a bookstore you you don't you're not like Mallory's poor boyfriend who has to drag her bodily out of the bookstore constantly Uh, yeah or you're you're reading and you're like you're bored you know you read for five minutes and you fall asleep or you put it down and you you know and this can happen to people who read all the time big readers or people who don't read that often they're just not finding anything interesting that's a book slump too if you're just Absolutely. If you're a person who doesn't read a ton, but also you just can't find something you like, yeah, totally a book. Stop. It happens to both of us all the time. Um, okay, I have a little fact for you. Um, do you want to know the most abandoned book in the Guinness Book of World Records? Can I guess? Give me three guesses. Uh, you can guess. I do not think you're going to be. So just so you know, it's the most abandoned book. It's been left behind by the most guests at 452 travel lodges in Britain. That's how they decided it's the most abandoned book. It Britain. is in Britain. So keep that in mind. Ah. Uh. The you bi- are never the Bible. Gonna guess. Oh wow, no. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> uh, went weird on that one. Uh, Britain. Is it a work of Shakespeare? No, that's your second guess. All right, my last guess: Fifty Shades of Grey. 
No, that would have been a good one, though. But I feel like people wouldn't leave that. Be, that would just be like most in book you're embarrassed to read or something. But I would leave that behind for that very reason. Like, ooh. Don't let anyone it. know. Uh, no, the most abandoned book, according to the Guinness Book of World Records, is Simon Cowell, The Unauthorized <laughs> Biography by Chaz Nuki, Nuki Burden. It that is, is um, left amazing. Behind, <laughs> yep, left behind at 452 travel lodges in Britain. Um, that sounds like a witch's curse <laughs> instead of something that's been abandoned. Like some something bad happened to Britain and a witch cursed it, and then all these copies of this terrible book appeared. Of an unauthorized biography of Simon Cowell was left in travel lodges. Like there's a plague of these books, and now you have to appease the witch in order to get them to leave. <laughs> I, I do think this is the kind of book you pick up in the airport. And you go, you know what? I'm Who gonna, picks gonna, that up in I'm the airport? I love this book. And then you're like, this is awful. And you just don't finish it. Well, it is unauthorized. You leave it at the old travel lodge. And so they've had 452 copies. <laughs> they should do something amazing with it. Like make the wicker man out of the copies of this. Um, that would be. Yeah. What did they do with all of those? That they need it for the, the counter spell to defeat this witch that has cursed Britain. Okay, so let's say you have picked up the unauthorized biography of Simon Cowell or other books like it, and you are in a reading slump. What are some ways to get out of it? We have four recommendations. For, well, the first one is, is, of course, leave the copy of the unauthorized <laughs> travel book behind in a travel lodge. But my my first recommendation is actually to lean into this. You know, I think that if you start forcing yourself to read, if you like, you're like, I haven't been reading enough. You know, I need to, you know, I, I need to read. I need to fill my book, my reading quota for the for the month. All of a sudden, book reading becomes a job. Right. And then you're not, you, you feel, um... You feel obligated to do it, and then you don't even want to. You don't want to do it even more. Yeah, the theme of this podcast is reading is fun. We like to read because we like to read. It's not your job. It's not a contest. Maybe it is your job. I don't know what your job is, but it's not a contest. <laughs> it's not a chore. If that is your job, can you hook me and bring up with that? <laughs> you like that job? Can we have that? Jo- I like that my job. job. Um, but but I think reading is not a chore. So if you are having trouble getting through books, just yeah, lean into that. Let it go. Let that put that book down. You know, watch a season of a TV show that you love. If you're me, you just watch Twin Peaks again. Yeah, you know, leave that book behind at the travel lodge. Like that is, there's Don't no reason that. to keep trying to read a book. Never force yourself to Never finish a book. Never force yourself to read. You know, give yourself a break if that's what you need. Take a week off. You know, stop reading, or you know. Listen to some podcasts. Go like do non-reading things. You know, don't make yourself. Don't make reading feel bad. Way number two to get out of your reading slump. Find something short or easy to read that excites you. So if you're picking up a lot of books and getting halfway through a novel and just being bored and over it, try something short, shorter, like a novella. Novellas are great. You're reading a book of poetry right now. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, something light, something that you can focus on for a little bit. You can finish really quickly. You'll feel like you're getting back into reading again because you finished something, which yeah. I think sometimes is the fear is you start something. You're like, I can, I'm never going to be able to finish this book. Yes, and it, then mm-hmm. you, that is sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Books of short stories are good for that. I love uh, Get in Trouble by Kelly Link. That's my favorite short story collection because then you, if you read one short story, then you're, you f- you feel a sense of completion. I've, I've read a story. You can put it down if you need to. Um, mysteries are really great for this because you can pick them up and you're really immediately intrigued. They can, you know, they're, they're compelling. It's, it's something that will, will make you want to find out what's going to happen. Yeah, or um, novellas, which I've recently gotten into this, this year. I've yeah, started reading big, novellas. This is like the year of the novellas. Novella for I, Bria. I love it because I realized I can get them from the library and get them on my e-reader 
Um, and that has been an amazing realization for me. Uh, one I recommend is Runtime uh, by S.B. Divya, which is an amazing sort of sci-fi story Ooh. that's also a marathon book. It's great, but it's just a novella, and I read it in one sitting one morning. That's awesome. Tip number three for getting out of your book slump. Uh, try something you've never ever read before. I, I Ooh, love I like this. This. I, I, this. This actually really, really helps me. If you've never done audiobooks, try an audiobook. You've never read a comic? Pick up a comic. You've never read a romance novel or a Western? Something that's just like completely different. It's going to break your brain open. Something that you can't. Because a lot of, sometimes I find I get into a book slump if I read too much of one genre and there's a lot of, you know, genre tropes and you're like, all right, I've been reading mysteries for a month. You start to be able to guess what's going to happen, and it's you know it's the same things over and over. So all that—that's I try to rotate the genres that I read. I think that's great. I read a lot of science fiction, and sometimes I've read like three books set in space, and I don't too need much to space. read another book set in space. Too much space. I need to get out of that world. Come back I, to Earth, Bria. Which I find I don't often read memoirs or um, I don't often read memoirs or autobiographies. So those are two things I can always turn to. I love memoirs. I've been reading a lot of me- – this has been the year of the memoir for me. Oh, great. Uh, lots of great memoirs. Priest Daddy by Patricia, Patricia Lockwood has been my favorite this year. Oh, nice. So funny. And where do you get your – because I never read audio – read. Do you say read? I never read audiobooks. Read. Listen to listen audio. To? Yeah, listen to I audio never listen to audiobooks. Do you – where do you find – where do you get your audiobooks? Uh, I use an app called Scribd that I mentioned at the top of the episode. Um, and you – for seven ninety nine a month, I get two audiobooks a month. And they have, I mean, they don't have everything, but they have a pretty good list. And they have, you know, by now, I've been using the app for a couple of years now. It's, you know, the recommendations are pretty well curated for me. And, you know, that you find great recommendations because, you know, that the, the hard part about this tip is that because it's a, a genre that you've never gotten into, sometimes it can be hard to know where to start. Mm, that's that's why you listen to podcasts like Reading Glasses and we can recommend some stuff to you. Yeah. Other podcasts that we both like, we listen to all the books. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has a ton of but recommendations. all the Book Riot podcasts. Shout out to Liberty and Rebecca. Yeah, and- we love that podcast. Both of us listen to it, and I often oh, I they often recommend books that I'm not going to pick up. Mm-hmm. A lot of books that are much darker or that are nonfiction. But I'm yeah. like, well, that sounds more interesting than maybe my space book this week. The uh, Book Riot also has a podcast with Amanda Nelson and Jen Northington that is just a book recommendation show. Oh, cool! And it's great. They, they're. I mean, the both of those ladies are brilliant and they're fantastic and they're funny. So, and you can go through the whole pot, the, the whole show list, and see, you know, oh, they're recommending audiobooks on this one. I'll listen to some audiobooks. Um, but for comic book, I would start with Sex Criminals by Chip Zdarsky it's and Matt Fraction. Book. is my favorite comic book. If you've never read a comic book or you think you don't like comics, this comic is not like nothing that you've ever read before. It is hilarious. Uh, Warning, it is R rated. <laughs> it is called Sex Criminals, guys. It, it's called yes. let's let's just let's just like get that. We know out what the it's open. about. You're gonna see some dongs. It's gonna happen. But which, it's a great comic. Which is amazing. All right, so tip number four. Location, location, location. This is a good idea. So sometimes if I am in a book slump, I just switch up where I'm reading. It's so brilliant. I know that sounds so silly, but I have I live in Los Angeles. You could read outside any day of the year, Which and a lot of times I don't take advantage. the most magical thing about living here. It's amazing. And I don't take advantage of it often enough. I have a wonderful backyard I don't spend enough time in. Good and backyard. I find that if I just take the book I'm currently reading, 
which I'm usually reading on my couch, and just go outside where mm-hmm. it is beautiful and sunny, it suddenly feels like I'm on a vacation and reading a new book, and it feels like less of a chore. It feels like I'm getting to go and do something very luxurious because I've switched it up. Oh, yeah. But you don't have to go outside. You can go to a coffee shop and read. Get in your tub. Get in your tub. I always read in the tub. So. I'm a big tub reader. Um, Or go to a library, like if you have a really nice library. Oh, yeah. Any place that's quiet, just switch it up because it makes you feel like you're not forcing yourself to read in this weird normal You're treating yourself. Yeah. Get yourself a a nice coffee. Get yourself a pastry. You know, all of a sudden it feels, like you said, like a luxury. And then you're going to want to read because it feels fun. Yeah, exactly. We want to hear the ways you break out of your reading slump. Send them to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com or tweet them to us at readinggpodcast on Twitter. Before we get to our interview with author and comedian Sarah Benincasa, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, I'm comedian Emily Heller. And I'm cartoonist Lisa Hannawalt. And we're the hosts of Baby Geniuses. Do you want to learn weird new facts? Do you like hearing successful creative women talk about their poop? Do you want the scoop on Martha Stewart's pony? If you answered yes to any of these questions, our show is for you. We interview people like Paul F. Tompkins, Kristen Shaw, Michael Che, and more. So check us out on Maximum Fun. And let us mess up your brain. Yes, please. <laughs> So we're here with author Sarah Benincasa, who has an exciting quest to tell us about today that involves Cheesecake Factory menus and Neil Gaiman. I do. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Um, So I'm trying to raise a half million dollars for the UN High Commission on Refugees. It's UNHCR. They're at refugees on Twitter and at UN refugees on uh, Instagram. And why am I doing that? Because uh, the other day on Twitter, I tweeted at Neil and was like, hey, pardon me. This is not an exact recitation, but if um, if I, for, for a half million dollars to the charity of your choice, would you read the Cheesecake Factory menu on stage? Please advise. And he, <laughs> he said, first he said, are these American dollars or Cheesecake Factory dollars? And I said, Amazing. It's the same thing at this point, sir. Don't worry. <laughs> and then he said, yes. He said, yes. So, um, so far, uh, as of recording now, now this is, go- this is like weeks or a week or two before this podcast will go out. Um, we just passed uh, $76,000. The goal is 500000 yeah. Will we make it by World Refugee Day, June 20th? I don't know. But it's still pretty awesome because um, uh, I, after a processing fee, you know, all these crowdfunding campaigns take up a, a small percentage off the top. Yeah. It, it, all the money goes to uh, to U.N. refugees. Oh, so, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Yeah. You don't have to hit the goal for them to get the money. So I'm really excited about it. It's 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 been doing some, some great sort of press and it's been really neat to have people donate and say why and some of them are donating in memory of their friends or family who are refugees. Some of them were refugees themselves. And some of them are just goofballs who donate as like avocado egg rolls or Oreo extreme <laughs> cream cheesecake. Or they donate as American Gods characters. It's really funny. You have written some pretty awesome books. Both me and Bria are pretty excited about some of the books you have out. Real artists have day jobs. I think should just be loaded into a helicopter and distributed amongst the world at large. Ah! 
Valerie. That's so nice of you. Thank you. And both yeah. me and Bria are super excited to talk to you about a book that the three of us all loved in childhood from the mixed up files of Miss Basil E. Frankenwheeler. Yeah, I love Frank that Wheeler. you have a chapter about this in Real Artists Have Day Jobs. I yes. started reading, I was like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. I read from Mixed Files, Mrs. Basley Frank Weller, um, as a kid in New Jersey. And so the book was written about two little kids who live in Connecticut and Greenwich and they're bored of their lives. You know, of course, I know you both know this, but it may, the, the, to, in the interest of getting the audience evangelizing for it, they're bored with their <laughs> Heck lives. Yeah. They run away to the Metropolitan Museum of Art. And that is one of the reasons that that was my favorite museum when I was a kid. And remains so i mean gosh what a spectacular place have you have you both been there i have oh yes i have not oh well i i I moved to la from brooklyn so i've sure been to the met for a few times it's amazing oh man brad you gotta go it's so it's really great and yeah i lived in new york for seven years and then moved here and then moved back and then moved here but like la forever awesome oh yeah i'm a big los angeles fan but it's it is so cool and it's so vast and this book is just the most charming freaking thing in the world so do you have other books from your childhood or teenage years that you know made a huge impact on your life um yes absolutely i mean anne of green gables for sure awesome oh yeah um, good one Benicula was the shit oh i that loved Benicula. Awesome. such a good that's a gateway horror book for sure too it is <laughs> Oh my gosh, tell would you what how would you encapsulate what's your elevator pitch? Okay, I'm an executive <laughs> and I want to publish a book. How would you pitch it to me? Because the I think book? it's so funny. I think it's so funny. The synopsis of like what it's about is so funny to me. Right. Well, I mean, the part that I remember as a kid, I this is a, not an elevator. This is, by the way, how I do pitch things because I'm a horrible pitcher. But um but the part I remember laughing at a kid, like the the peak of comedy was that he sucked Benicula sucked a because Benicula is a vampire rabbit, he sucked a, a carrot so much that it like turned white or something. That's like it, like amazing. all the color was uh-huh. drained out of it. And that, as a kid, was peak comedy. That was too much <laughs> for me to handle. And I remember thinking about it and just laughing and laughing. A carrot that had been turned a different color. <laughs> oh, it's the best. Good that wholesome is fun. That uh, is what he does. He's a vampire bunny, and he he messes with the vegetables in the garden. And like that's his evil. I know it's amazing, totally amazing. So, Sarah, do you ever reread some of these gems from childhood? It's been it's been a minute. It's really been a minute. You don't but... curl up with Bonicula on a Saturday night. <laughs> no, but I did. I went on um, on Independent Bookstore Day, which is an awesome yes. day. Yes, uh, I think in April is it? It's April twenty second. Yes, it's a, I get very excited about independent. No, April thirtieth. I get very excited about independent bookstore day. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It um uh. So it was. I guess it was the last. I was in San Francisco finishing a screenplay adaptation of my book DC Trip, and I was also on a date. And I was like, this date is about to go to the bookstore because I didn't realize what day it was. And I went to um, Booksmith in San Francisco, and I signed some stock, which is always fun as an author to just pop in and ask if you can sign some stock. Neil Gaiman will do a, <laughs> Neil Gaiman does a stealth sign. I've heard apparently where he'll just drop in and like, just sign it and just vanish magically. Oh, and Lynn, I saw that Lynn Manuel Miranda just did that this morning. Like oh, at some my shop in London. Husband. 
which and he was and somebody was like Neil does that, but it, and he was like he does. Uh, so which maybe he does or doesn't, but um, yeah, I, I went and asked and then signed stock and then um, got a uh, binicular T-shirt that I love. Oh, amazing! So That's speaking great. of independent bookstores, you live in Los Angeles like us. Um, do you have any favorite independent bookstores here in Los Angeles? I'm going to try not to I, scream. I do. the The last bookstore is my favorite. Probably, the last bookstore is one of my favorite bookstores in the world that yep. I've ever been to. Oh, it is, it is the greatest. <laughs> it's an amazing for folks who, if you get a chance to come to Los Angeles, seriously, if you love books, which you're listening to this freaking podcast, of course you do, or you just love these hot babes, which that's fine too. They love books. Maybe they'll love you if you love books. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, go. It's it's in an old bank and it's huge. It's multiple. I don't know. What is it? Three stories? Would you say the big soaring kind of room? You go in and. And it's got books in the vault, old vault. And, like, that's where the, there's, like, this old vault. And that's where they have sci-fi. And then they have a special serial killer section. Why would they not? Amazing. It's yep. yeah. that's actually That's actually where me and Bria live, is in the serial killer vault. <laughs> it's just, it's very, nobody else wants to live there. So the prices are great. Yeah. All utilities um, included. It's great. It's great. But I also, I love Book Soup. I've done a <gasps> yes. couple of book events at Book Soup. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. That's, book Soup is wonderful, too, because it's, they that staff really knows their shit i mean they know books i don't even know that books that well i go in there and i'm like whoa you guys get it you know that's amazing so um i i want to let gush just for a moment because i really loved uh real artists have day jobs and i think anyone who is an artist should read it because absolutely just the, when you're talking um just the first part where you're just talking about how uh you are an artist. If you call yourself an artist and maybe you work at this place during the day, but then you go home and you have to write, it's like really inspiring. And I think especially living in Los Angeles where it's hard to live here and people move to do art and like we're Everyone's all hustling. struggling, <laughs> you know, and, and a lot of us have to have day jobs. I think it's super inspiring. Um, so we wanted to talk to you just a little bit about writing essay books and writing memoirs. I know you love Amy Poehler like me. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Yep. Yes, um, please. So. Just this is a crazy, like a big question, but what is it like to write a memoir, to write all these personal things? And like, let's say I'm a person, I'm like, maybe I should write a memoir. How would I know it's time? How do I know if it's time for me to write a memoir? I am not thinking about that, by the way. This is a general question. Well, I think it's time to write a memoir if you feel it's time to write a memoir, because if you feel it's time, that means that you feel in your soul um, that you have sufficient, interesting stories to share. And the thing is, a lot of times people think that a, a, a really jazzy memoir has to have a hook and this, it, you know, something bad has to have happened or something really great, like you're super famous or, but really, no, it's, uh, I mean, memoirs, great memoir is just taking the stuff of everyday life and elevating it um, into an art form. And, and you do that by just telling your story. I always say, sometimes I'll teach um, writing or I'll coach uh, essay. I'll, I'll, I'll be like a writing coach on the side or teach students on the side. And I'll say, everything's happened to everybody, right? Like um, if, if you're writing a story about falling in love or about being beat up, um, lots of people fall in love. Lots of people have been beaten up. But it's how it happened. It's how you tell it. It's that makes it personal. It makes it interesting. It makes it relatable. I, I think human beings crave stories. So your stories are welcome and, and needed in the world. So I think thing one is that you say, you know what? Uh, I deserve to tell my story. And if that's hard for you to say, 
You can say my story deserves to be told. A lot of times, if I'm writing about something difficult, I'll remind myself that perhaps this will help somebody else to feel less alone. And I think that's kind of the headline in, in everything that I do is to help other people feel less alone because that's been what reading has done for me and comedy and really all forms of storytelling is making me feel less alone in the world. And uh, I would also say if you can, if you're going to write, uh, start with a personal essay. Start there. Don't don't worry about tackling a whole memoir. Tell one story from your life really well. And read. Read a bunch of memoir. Whatever genre you're going to write in, read a bunch in that genre to learn. Um, have respect for it. Learn. See what works for you. See what doesn't. And get a shrink. Get a therapist. <laughs> Hell That's great. Yes. That's good advice, man. Ther- I, therapy forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, if you're going into memoir, even if you're not in therapy, like let's say you are a person who's working a, a program, you're in sobriety, like a, call your sponsor extra a lot, double up on meetings. I know it's not analogous to therapy, but what I'm saying is like whatever your thing is that keeps you supported and keeps your head above water in whatever your life may be, do that set that up because when you go back into those places you're going to dig up some stuff and you may think you're over it but it may come back to you you know it really may yeah for so sure. like definitely you know so be supportive of, of yourself um and tell your friends oh and if you're writing a book project or a screenplay i just wrote a screenplay for the first time Ooh, let me tell you it's congrats. true for that too congrats thank you very much thank you thank you um uh Make yourself go be with friends. Like, don't spend all your time alone because you'll go bananas. (laughs) It's very true. Me and Brie are also both writers, and we know that game. You totally know that feeling. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for being here, for calling in, Skyping in with us. We really appreciate it. We really hope you reach your 500,000, but, you know, we hope you reach any amount because it's amazing, an amazing cause. Thank you. So tell people one more time where they can find the project and where they can find you. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you can go to, um, we're running it through June 20th. And honestly, I think I'll probably keep it up beyond just to keep, um, whether we hit the goal or not, I think it's a good thing. So go to neilcake.com. We had a wonderful fan, <laughs> a wonderful Neil Gaiman fan who bought the, bought the URL. So neilcake.com, neilcake.org. I'm at Sarah J. Benincasa on Twitter. I'm sarahbenincasa.com. And, you know, sometimes I do shows and stuff, but and then once in a while. But if you go to com, you can see stuff about my books and uh, stuff there. And they can get your books anywhere. Yeah, now they're available yeah. worldwide. Oh, oh, that was one thing I wanted to say that I that I didn't know until I became an author. Um, if you, like, want to get a book, right, You your instinct will be good. Order from one of the big guys. I get that. I do that sometimes. But you also can call your local independent bookstore and you can ask them to order it for you and then they get the money and that's cool. And usually they'll order you like pretty much any book you need. So that's a good thing to do. Oh man, we love that advice and we totally can, we endorse that. We think that's really great. Hell yeah, I actually got your book from the library, Sarah. So it's it's at the Los Angeles Public Library. (laughs) I love Los Angeles. I'm a member of the Young Literati supporting the library. I've had my eye on that actually. I didn't even know about this. We will have a, we'll we'll have a library episode. We'll cover this. Okay, that sounds amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. We really appreciate you taking your time. this is awesome. We're going to leave you with this episode's book connection, a way to connect with other readers online with the use of a different hashtag every week. 
This week's is hashtag say no to book slump. Show us a picture of a book you'd recommend to get somebody out of a book slump on Twitter or Instagram with this hashtag. And we want to hear from you. If you have thoughts about Neil Gaiman, about Sarah Benincasa, about mem- memoirs. or About book- your favorite thing on the Cheesecake Factory menu. Yeah, what is it? Do you love? I can't. I actually cheesecake? don't even cheesecake? know. Uh, cheesecake. There's very many kinds of cheesecake on that menu for sure. People are also like really into their cheese sticks there. Cheese sticks? Yeah. Like, Does everything there have the word cheese in it? We should make a restaurant like that. <laughs> So you can follow us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast or on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast and you can check up on our bookish adventures there. Be sure to use the hashtag Reading Glasses whenever you're talking about us or you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. So thanks for listening. And, and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.